Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Maxine Strobeck. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way this morning. Have a seat. Good morning. Anyone else still feel like it's very early in the morning? It just feels a bit sleepy, doesn't it? We're shaking off the New Year's and Christmas vibe. Holy Spirit. So we've got the last service today before everything kicks back into gear. We've got Pastor Alex back next week. They've had a good break. And there's going to be vision released. And we've got a, a campus pastor's retreat and then a leader's, a leader's day next Saturday. And we're going to be going into vision. So 2020 vision. We hear about vision this time of the year, right? And who's thinking vision for their own life at the moment? Is there anyone who's sort of thinking ahead, thinking, oh, should be a lot of people. God is speaking. God always speaks. He's not quiet. So we want to be hearing from God what his vision is for us. And I felt a word on my heart today called keys to fulfilled vision. And I'm going to explain that in a second. But we need vision in our life because if not, the mundane day-to-day life can just become so depressing. It really can, can't it? If we don't have a reason to get up in the morning, something worth dying for, something worth committing all my energy towards, I can become apathetic. I can start to become a little bit lax, relaxed, and a little less restrained, and a little less energetic towards what God's calling me to do. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. That doesn't sound good, does it? We need to have vision from God. That word vision means a sight mentally. That is a dream, revelation, or oracle. It's a word from God. God says you need vision. We need vision or we will perish and get caught up, potentially caught up in sin, caught up in other distractions. A good soldier entangleth not himself in the affairs of this life because we've got something we're going towards. We're doing, amen? So we need vision. But here's the thing. How often have we had vision on our heart especially if we've been doing this a while, and God spoke to us about a calling or a ministry or a calling to the marketplace, a career, or even a spouse. You've had vision for something in your life and it hasn't been fulfilled. It's gone unfulfilled. And the weeks tick by, the months tick by, the years tick by, and we don't see that vision fulfilled. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 12, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's not good for us to have unfulfilled vision. It makes the heart sick. You know, I believe one of the reasons that we can have so much angst in us and anxiety and problems and issues in our life and heart is unfulfilled promises and vision. And in churches, I think some of the most problematic people are ones who have unfulfilled vision. Because what happens is we can become bitter, we can become divided, and those who are fulfilling their vision, we can become jealous and critical and criticize them out of something that's sick in us, in my heart. You know, some of the most critical people in church is the people who are called to be pastors. They're called to ministry, but it's not happened. And so they sit back and they have a, a gifting and an anointing, but they haven't had the vision fulfilled. And so they sit back and have a problem with how other people are doing it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so I really feel today that the Lord wants to talk to us about keys to fulfilled vision. Not just having vision, but fulfilled vision. That's God's plan. 
That's why God says stuff. His word never returns void. But the thing about vision is that we have to co-labor with God. So God will do his part. He will speak to you. He will empower you. He will gift you and anoint you. He will even open doors of opportunity for you. But we have to co-labor with God. Now, we can look at that as a burden. We can look at that as, oh, he's saying, I have to do, that's works. Or we can look at that as empowerment. I'm empowered by God to see the vision he's given me come to pass. Okay, so we're going to look at three keys that God gave me. Three things that if we care and we tend to these areas, we are in good stead to see the vision fulfilled. It's not a guarantee because there'll be other factors, but good foundation. And I guarantee, though, if one of these areas is not in place, there's a good chance we're going to miss fulfilling the vision that God has for us. Are you ready? Okay, so all these things start with S. That's my way to remember things. So a bit of alliteration today. The first word is self. God's job, he will give me the vision, the the new nature in Christ. I have an identity in God that's a gift from heaven. But if I don't take care of myself, who I am, who I choose to be, renewing my mind, maturing and growing up in Christ, my character who I am in the secret place. The Bible says to cast off the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. If I don't take care of myself in Christ and respond to the conviction and the discipleship of the Holy Spirit, who I am is not up to God, that's up to me. He has empowered me to be like Christ, but whether I am like him is up to me. That's a choice. Self. Who am I? Where is my character at? Where is my maturity at? You know, the Bible talks about our maturity in Christ like a natural growth from being a baby. I've got my super cute baby over here. Oh, she's so cute. Have you seen her? Oh, I just want to eat her. She's about eight months old and she's a little core. But right now, my husband, who is super domestic, I'm so blessed, is spoon feeding her, okay? So right now, he's feeding her some probably rice cereal. That's okay because she's eight months old. Now, this one here, he is three years old. He's my little cutie, Jonah. At three years old, he knows how to hold a spoon. He knows how to hold a fork. He knows how to eat his food. When we sit at the table, and this actually literally does happen, he sits there and he says, Jan's laughing because he knows it's true. He says, feed me. Because he sees us feeding the baby. No, daddy feed me. Mummy feed me. Daddy feed me. Different interaction. We don't pick up the spoon and start feeding. Because he's three. There's a different expectation. We are supposed to change and to grow up. Now, Jonah is toilet training. So at the moment, he's learning to wear big boy undies. We have some accidents in the house. It's summer. We just keep him in undies and keep him on the tiles or outside. All right? If you've got kids, you know, you've got to do this. That's okay because he's three. But I now have my beautiful 11-year-old over here who's 11 going on 15. I tell you, she's just growing up so fast. She's a big girl. She's very good at toilet training, okay? If she was to wee her pants in the middle of the kitchen, we'd be having a very different interaction. Do you see where I'm going with this? God says grow up. He expects of us to grow up. 
It's not condemnation. I'm going to read you what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and said, I've, I've fed you as babies, but you're meant to be mature now. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. We talk about being spiritual and we think we mean the gifts. Oh, they're so spiritual because they move in the gifts. That's not what the Bible says spiritual is. That's a gift. Spiritual is maturity. I'm ruled and led by my inner man above my emotions and my flesh, renewed by the word. I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Can you see the tone he's talking with? He's a little disappointed. Jumping down to verse 3. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Can you see there's a correction? I'm expecting more. Jonah, no, I'm not going to feed you. You're three. Bella, no, you're not going to have accidents. You're older. She doesn't, by the way. (laughs) Hebrews 5.12 says, For when the time you ought to be teachers, there was a time that he expected you ought to be. So let's go on the discipleship journey with Jesus. Let's mature and grow up because we need to in order to fulfill the vision that God has given us. Our own immaturity can shipwreck the whole thing. It's not God's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not someone else's fault. Who I am is up to me. Without maturity, we can't sustain the vision. We'll be a flash in the pan. The Bible says a man's gift makes room for him. So you may be a gifted and anointed worshiper and singer. You might be a great speaker and an anointed minister. You might have a gift and an anointing and a door opens up before you. And maybe you'll step into it and in a moment there'll be a glorious move or something will happen. But have you ever been in a restaurant and you're sitting eating your meal and suddenly the kitchen door swings open and they bring out one of those dishes on fire and it's and as it passes, all the conversations kind of die down. Everyone's looking over and think, oh, that looks good and what smell, oh, look at that, you know. And it gets put down and that person who ordered it's feeling, you know, a little bit special. But after a minute, the, the stops. Everyone's conversation just continues on. We don't want to be a flash in the pan. If you want to see fulfilled vision, we've got to be going 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years on fire for Jesus. Integrity. Character. God wants to develop who we are in the secret place. Not just the gifting, the calling and the anointing, but who I am. The cutting to the heart of my character. He works with me. He is patient. If you're 20 and you're wetting your pants, God's patient, okay? It's not condemning you. But he's going to be saying, come on now. Envying, strife and divisions. It's from hell. I hate it. I hate gossip. And do you know what? I don't hear it very much because I'm not someone people come and gossip to. Let's be like that. It's not being real, okay? It's just not. What? What's real? The Holy Spirit? Is that real? The Word of God? Is that real? God's love? Is that real? Unity? Is that real? We don't have to like everything. It's not fake. We can not like it. Who's married, right? You don't have to always like them, but you love them. You're in unity. My husband can shout amen. That's okay. You can be real in that sense, but I, I would never, ever go to Marie and have a bit of a complaint about my husband. I, we don't gossip. I don't go to my daughter. Oh, you know what dad's like. It's okay. Let's go. Unity. 
unity in our house. I will not let the devil in. I just, oh, I hate that stuff. Glory to God. Okay, self was the first one. Am I the reason that the vision of my life isn't being fulfilled? Let's grow up. It's empowering, amen? It's not meant to be heavy. It's meant to be an empowerment. It's an empowerment. We can make the choice to respond to areas of conviction, get into a discipleship setting, get into the word of God, repent, get accountable, ask God for a mentor and a discipler. Position ourselves so that we are growing in character. Amen? The second S, first was self, second one is serve. (laughs) It's a part of the vision. You know, we have this A to B mindset. We think, okay, I'm here. Let's say my calling is represented by where the sound desk is. I'm here and I'm called to be there. I'm here. I'm called to run a business. I'm here. I'm called to go and be a minister. I'm here. I'm called to go and be married. I have a vision from here to there. And so I'm going to just make my way over that way. But if we have God's vision for our life, we need God's pathway to get there. Now, God's pathway is not A to B. God's pathway is left, right, down, up, back. Like God takes us all kinds of directions. And you're like, why am I going this way, God? I'm called to be going that way. This isn't right. Oh, this way. How is this this leading me to my vision? I don't get it, God. This is not what I'm called to do. I'm called to be over there. Why am I over there? Now you want me, I don't, you know. We have to follow God. He's our shepherd. Amen. God's pathway is not A to B. He takes us on a journey of character. And that almost certainly will include submitting to someone else's vision, doing things someone else's way. I have a calling. I have a gifting and an anointing. I know how to do this. Don't tell me what to do. Maybe you're called to be an incredible... Actually, I want to give a shout out, okay? So you might be called to be an incredible singer, songwriter. Kyle Barnard, who led worship today, I love this man's heart. Not only has he gifted, not only has he got a great anointing and a skill for Jesus... But he knows how to serve another man's vision. He knows how to come under. This morning at 9.30, we have a pre-service debrief. And at 9.30, everyone was hovering around here, waiting for the meeting, and the worship was finishing up the practice. Kyle was leading. Do you know what he did at 9.30? He said, excuse me, Max, is it okay if we just do one more song, just practice one more? Have we got time for that? He submitted himself and asked. Now, he could have just kept going into the next song. What could I have done? But he knew, 9.30, I'm meant to stop. We have a meeting. I'm going to come under and ask, is this okay? And I said, yes. But the heart, see why God has promoted him? See why he's fulfilling the vision on his life? Because he's not arrogant and up here saying, well, I'm the worship leader and I know I want to do one more song. Who cares about what they've got going on? I'm doing what I'm doing. He can serve under authority. What a beautiful heart. I'm so glad I got to share that. I wasn't planning to, but thank you. I was just going to tell Daniel privately but yeah that's so good so good to give honor where honor is due the bible says it says a lot of stuff but let's find what i want to point to it says luke 16 12 if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's who shall give you that which is your own if we've not been faithful with another man's who will give us that which is our own Luke 16, verse 10, going back a couple verses. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. We need to show ourselves faithful with the little that God gives us. 
If God has given you a role on the usher team, be faithful in it. If he's given you a role as a backup singer, be faithful with it. If he's asked you to clean the church, be faithful with it. Beautiful, beautiful Candace who cleans the church, faithful with it. Be faithful in the little. It's an essential aspect to fulfilled vision, being able to serve another. And I want to touch on something that can happen because we have a, particularly if you have a a vision of your own and you need to come and do it someone else's way, it can be hard because you know how you want to do it. You know how you think it should be done. You may even think that you're better than the person that you're needing to submit to and come under. But let's look at an extreme situation that the Bible still tells us to come under. It says, 1 Peter 2.18. Servants, be subject to your masters. So any situation where there's a sphere of authority. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, so when you like it and it's going nicely, but also to the froward, and that word means crooked, warped, and perverse when they're getting it wrong. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God, because of who I am toward God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Now, your leader may not even be wrong. You just may not like what they're saying, or maybe you think you know better. But God says we need to come under like Jesus did. We need to be like Christ. We want to fulfill Christ's vision for our life. We need to be like him. And for conscience toward God, I will do what you ask me to do with a good attitude and a faithful heart. I will not criticize it. I will not gossip about it. I will do what I'm asked. Because that's what the Bible, that's who God asks me to be, like Jesus. And I love this sentence, skipping to verse 23, the end of the verse, speaking of Jesus, says, Jesus, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. Do it as unto God because God sees, not because that person sees or as unto that person. Do it as unto the Lord. He will see. God saw David in the sheep paddock, tending the sheep, being mistreated by his brothers and his father. He committed himself to God. When God wants to promote you, no one can get in the way. Do it as unto the Lord. Amen? Praise God. We are empowered to serve another man's vision. Three benefits of faithfully serving another man's way. The first is we can learn to do things another way that we might not have known to do. We think we may know how to do something, but when we come and submit and do it someone else's way for a while, we're going to add to what we know and learn. We don't know what we don't know, right? So we're going to learn something new. The second, it can be needful in discovering what we're really called to do. We may think we know what we're called to do, but as we come and we come and serve another man's vision, we can learn more about what we're truly called to do and refine the vision God's given us. And the third is that it's character building. Burns out pride. Pride, devil. Humility, Jesus. Defining characteristics of the two. The Bible is clear. We need to move away from pride and submission and coming under someone else's vision can really help us grow in that. So who remembers what the first S was? Self. The second S. Serve. The third S is sacrifice. You know, and I know that these are all maybe, they can feel like negative things, but they're not negative, they're just a little tougher, and that's why we can miss them. And God wants to tell us the truth today and put it before us so we don't miss them. So we can make it. 
Sacrifice, having a sacrificial mindset as we approach the vision. You know, sometimes there's something in us that hungers for certain things. We can, we can kind of want certain stuff. And the vision, as we start to move into the benefits and the blessings of the vision God's called you to, we can start to feed off this stuff, feeding off what we're getting out of it. Even in approaching the vision, we imagine what we're going to feed off. Or as we start moving in things, we can start to feed off it. And it's not good for our soul to be trying to fill up. Like if you're called to ministry and you get an opportunity to minister or do something and the spirit moves, people are touched and healed, people are even saying, you know, oh, wow, aren't you amazing? Wow, look at the gift. Oh, that was so, you know, all this stuff. You have, to re- you have to treat that like a big chocolate cake that's being put before you. And your flesh is like, dig in, pass me a fork. But you have to know well enough to say, no, I'm going to push that away. I, that, thank you. I take the encouragement. Rejoice that God moved. But don't eat that. Don't consume it. Don't eat of that thing and fill our emotional needs. James 4.3 says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. You know, it's okay that we want to feel loved. It's okay that I suppose we want to feel like we have value. But particularly in ministry, but I I say in life, don't let the vision and, and what you're moving in feed that need in our life because it changes who we are. You know, we, I see people, the Bible talks about people who draw disciples away unto themselves. They're in church. Their character's not there. They've not been uh, promoted. They've not been put into position for some kind of character reason or God has just not done it. And yet they have an anointing. And so they feed off having those people who come unto them because they have some kind of a gift. Don't feed off that stuff. I'm here to lay it down. I love this verse in John. I got a hold of this verse when I was maybe five years in to the Lord and I felt hungry. Why am I not satisfied? I'm serving in church, but oh, is it enough? And John 4.34 says, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Let's feed on that. I'm starving. I'm hungry to know that I'm doing your will, God. I wake up and I'm just so satisfied. God, use me as the rag that you clean your car with. I don't care what you do with my life. I just want to know that what I'm doing is your will. I'm finishing your work on earth. I'm driven with a passion and I'm so satisfied by that. It's your will that I'm doing. Whether it's on the stage with the lights, whether it's cleaning a nappy, I just want to be serving your will, God. Sacrificial mindset towards the vision. I take any crowns given to me and I throw it at the feet of Jesus. It's not what's in it for me. It's not what I gain out of this. It's that I can die like Jesus died for me. It's a covenant. I'll die for you, Lord. I'll die for you, God. I'll give it over for you, God. Pay a high price, not great gain a great bounty. Who cares what we have in this life? We can't take it with us. Who cares what praise I get? It means nothing when I pass into eternity. Don't feed on it. When I stand before Jesus, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. 
enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So who cares what that was here on earth? I don't need the stuff here on earth. I need heaven. Sacrificial mindset when we step out. Because if we step out, again, I'm going to go back to ministry, but it applies to marriage or into the marketplace. If I step out because I want something in it for me, even if I pretend that it's for others, but if I'm stepping out because I want to feed on something and feel a sense of self-worth, I can miss it. It can just be the wrong vision. might not even be a word from God. So we've got to have a sacrificial mindset to give it over. You know, if you're believing for a spouse in this place, you have a vision for, for marriage, to marry somebody, it can't be to consume it upon our lusts. I want a spouse who's going to meet my needs. I want a spouse who's going to be there for me. When you're believing for your spouse, you know, I want to be a gift to somebody. I want to be a wife that's going to support and love and cheer on and serve him and meet his needs. Have a sacrificial mindset towards the vision that you're moving towards. So I want to ask today, what is the vision that God's put on your heart? What is God saying to you? What's his heart been to you? Have you had unfulfilled vision? Is your heart broken? Are you, are you feeling like that hope deferred that makes the heart sick? It doesn't have to stay that way. We're empowered. Christ is in you and on you. And he's given you his promises. He's given you his word. His word is yes and amen. I'm with you, son. I'm with you, daughter. He's coming back. He's coming back. And we have to win the loss. We have to affect people for eternity. What is your part in that? You have a calling. You have a gifting. You have some kind of vision in your life. Don't give up. Discouragement is from hell. Be encouraged. 2020, start fresh. You can fulfill the God-given vision on your life. We're going to mature in God. My character and who I am, I'm going to work on that this year, Lord. I'm going to be serving faithfully under another man's vision, whether I like it or not. It's not about me. I'm going to serve faithfully and commit myself to God in doing that with humility, not self-appointment. I know better. I am going to serve another man's vision this year. As unto the Lord, like Jesus, my King. We talk about moving like Jesus. You know, the first thing that pops into our mind is the miracles and raising the dead. We want to move like Jesus. The greatest thing he did was lay it down and die. Far greater than the miracles. Miracles didn't save us. His death saved us. I want to be like Jesus. I'm going to serve another man's vision faithfully. I'm going to serve and I'm going to sacrifice. This is not about me and what I can get out of it. This is not about me consuming it upon the lust of my flesh. I'm here to die. I'm here to give it over. I will live in heaven. I'm going to have a mansion. It's going to be party all on. Rewards and jewels. and Yay, let's go. Here on earth, I'm going to die and be like Jesus and give it all over and give it up. I don't care about the applause. I don't care about the people's encouragement. It's fickle. With Jesus, one day, oh, Hosanna to the king, laying palm leaves down. Three days later, crucify him. You want to get in ministry, you will be loved one day and hated the next. You will have people complaining and whinging about you. And God says, love them and wash their feet. You need to die to be in ministry. It is the lowest place. Apostles are the least. Underneath everyone, getting trampled with feet on your face. You know, we've got to be willing to give it over. If we want to get in ministry for self, 
flesh in the pan moment. Sacrifice. But for great joy. In Jesus' death came the resurrection and the salvation of mankind. In your death comes the fulfilling of God's great and wonderful plan. In your death comes souls coming to heaven. Souls who are saved, strengthened and raised up and released out into the world to go do the same thing. In your death comes great joy, great reward, great reaping. In your death comes glory. So let's stand to our feet today. Thank you, Jesus. If there's a pianist or a musician, thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Breathe. Fresh. I just see the Holy Spirit breathing. Fresh air. Fresh air where it's been stale. Where it's been stale. An old vision. Old vision. Unfulfilled. Let it go, God says. I have a new word. I have a new vision for you. It's not the old vision, son. It's not the old vision, daughter. I have a new vision. A new word for you. Holy, holy. Oh, we're hungry, God. We're hungry, Jesus. It's not about us, Jesus. It's not about what we can gain. It's not about us experiencing your glory. God, we're saved. We've got covenant with you. We want to now go out into a broken and dying and burning world. And we want to die and lay it down like our King did, Jesus. Father, I want to pray over visions in this place. I want to pray over callings in this place. I want to pray over people whose hearts burn for something. There's something that they know they're called to do and it hasn't happened, God. The vision's gone unfulfilled. I want to pray for that heart sickness that sets in, the despondency, the discouragement, the distraction into sin. Jesus, I pray that we would be called back to vision without which we perish. I pray, God, that each one of us in this place would be stirred back to a place of vision with you, Jesus. You're a good, good father. You love us and you take care of us. You're a God of covenant. And you know, I just felt to say this as well, even though I spoke of sacrifice and spoke of death, God is a good God. He makes a covenant with you where He gives you His life. And so when we, the more we give it up and give it over to Him, we are part of a covenant, which means I give you all and He gives me all. He doesn't want you broke or sick. That's not the death I'm talking about. That's from the devil. He wants you provided for and loved. I'm talking about the lusts of the flesh. But the desires of our heart, God has the desires of our heart. He has it for you. What you need, the spouse that you need, God has that for you. And more importantly, God has you for them. Out there somewhere is someone believing for you. So you are an answer to someone's prayer. God has the fulfillment of your visions. And so we're going to labour with Him. Praise Jesus. I'm going to hand back over to Marie. And after that, we'll open up the altar and encourage you to come forward and get prayer. If you don't know Jesus in this place, if you don't have relationship with Him, begin with that. Begin with that place of intimacy with Jesus. We want to pray with you today if that's you. So make sure you come forward. So I'll hand back over to Marie. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. 
For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.